From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan-Lasky. I've never been a big New Year's resolutions person, but the arrival of 2021 after such a challenging year feels like it deserves a big welcome. So I decided to ask one of my favorite Jesuits for some spirituality resolutions, and he provided three simple, doable things I might try to help me grow in my relationship with God this year. Father John Dardis is an Irish Jesuit who works in communications and apostolic planning at the Global Jesuit Headquarters in Rome. Our conversation starts off with a reflection on the pandemic from his unique international perspective, but then shifts into something different about halfway through. I felt like I was on retreat with a terrific spiritual guide. It was a tremendous New Year's gift to me, and I hope you find his deep spirituality as consoling as I did. Don't forget to subscribe to AMDG wherever you get podcasts. And thanks for joining us. Well, Father John Dardis, welcome to AMDG. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Uh, How are you doing? Thanks very much. Happy New Year to everybody. I'm doing great. I'm here in Rome. Uh, I work uh, as an advisor to the Superior General of the Jesuits. I'm working in the area of communications and discernment, planning, so uh, it's been a it's been a good Christmas, and I think I'm looking forward to 2021. Yeah, so that will be our main subject today to do a little bit of chatting around uh, this this new year, this time often where we look back and look ahead. Of course, this particular change of year is uh, maybe invites us to do that even in a deeper way. This unprecedented year we've just finished. Um, I'd love for uh, maybe uh, for you to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Though you're in Rome, I can tell from your accent you were not originally from Italy. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit about yourself to get us going. Oh, my Irish accent shows through, does it? <laughs> yes, I was born in Dublin, Ireland, and um, I have uh, my parents are, are both passed away, but I've got two sisters. One lives in London, one lives in Dublin. One, one, one lives actually south of Dublin in Wexford. And um, yeah, I, I did my, my Jesuit training a lot in Ireland, and then I did four years in Toronto, Canada, and then a master's in film and communications and TV in uh, in Syracuse, New York. So I lived for five years in, in North America and then came back to Ireland, worked for 10 years in communications. And um, then I worked in the Jesuit Refugee Service in Europe for a while. And then I've been in administration posts, really, in the Society of Jesus um, for the last while. Um, so I've had a mixed, a mixed, uh, a zigzag kind of a Jesuit, background, which is typical of most Jesuits, actually. Sure. So for people who haven't visited uh, the the Jesuit Curia in Rome, could you tell us just a little bit about what that's like and what that ministry is like there? I did have the, the privilege to visit uh, a year plus ago and really loved my, my time there. But for folks who haven't been so lucky, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's a big house. We're four, over 40 in the community. Um, and then we've got, probably got another 40 or 50 who come in every day. 40 or 50 lay people who come and work with us. And we're right beside the Vatican. So if I go out the front door within two minutes, I'm two or three minutes, I'm at St. Peter's Square. And we have this wonderful terrace. And in the summer, you can walk up and down. I usually walk up and down in the evenings to pray a bit at the end of the day and just find some peace and just seeing the lights of the Vatican and uh, other views over Rome, Castel Sant'Angelo. Rome is a magical place. Um, our own house was built in the early 1900s, so it's it's 
pretty straightforward. Um, but there's so many beautiful places in Rome. Uh, last night I was at Mass in the big Jesuit church in Rome at the Church of the Gesù. And um, walking back, the Pantheon, Piazza Navona. And of course, in lockdown, not so many people around. So you can you can find peace in the places that are normally so touristy. So I guess it's a, a silver lining in the cloud of the COVID. Sure. I, I know that Rome... I think of Ignatius sometimes. I, you know, I think about his early life in in Spain, or I think about his time in in Paris. But for the you know the beginnings of the Jesuits and his work as the first superior general, Rome is a a central location in the Jesuit story. Yes, Ignatius arrived here in in 1537, I think it was, and um, he in the late 1530s anyway, and he died in in 1556. So. Uh, almost 20 years um, working in Rome, kind of imagining the Society of Jesus. Um, and I choose that word deliberately. Um, requests coming in for Jesuits to work in all sorts of different parts of the world. The new world, as it was called, opening up. Um, Francis Xavier, his, one of his closest first companions, he sent him off to India, and then Francis Xavier went on to, to Japan. Um, and Ignatius stayed in Rome, and his job was, how will we structure all of this? And so in his room, he, day by day, he wrote what became known as the Jesuit Constitutions, which are famous for their, their flexibility. They were flexible enough to allow the society to grow into new areas, and yet to keep a shape on it. So Ignatius, in fact, there's a little short film coming out soon, um, by the young Jesuit students of theology um, in the Jesu College here in Rome. And they precisely talk about those early years, th those years of Ignatius uh, in Rome, um, uh, when he, he, he shaped the society and eventually died here in Rome. Uh, the rooms are still, uh, you can still visit those rooms where he lived. So do you see some of your work connected or part of that tradition or that spirit kind of being there and provides you with a kind of unique bird's eye view of the whole society, which of course has grown to be all around the world. Uh, you're in connection with them and, and dialogue and working with them on, on common projects. So, so especially I'm curious, kind of being in that place where Ignatius was, again, kind of sending people out as you have been there in this past year that has had an impact on everyone around the planet maybe one of the only things that really has impacted everyone on the planet, no matter where you live. What have you seen uh, in the society around the world in this unprecedented year? What, what has struck you? What have, have there been some similar themes you've seen come up, different ways of uh, approaching this new life that we've been handed in, in 2020? Just any reflections you have on this past year with your view from uh, 30,000 feet? Well, linking it back to Ignatius, his whole idea was, Communication is what keeps us in touch. Um, we're not a monastery where we meet every day, but letters and communications, he said, keep in touch with each other, and that way we'll build unity and we'll retain our spirit. And so people would write letters and they'd come back by ship and take months to arrive. They didn't have emails. Um, but the same idea is here today of we have to keep in touch Tell us what's going on in Washington, D.C. Tell us what's going on in Vietnam. How are you finding things in Sudan? What's happening in Lima? Um, and 
we had all these letters coming in. And in fact, during the year of, during the past year, we, we, we had a special uh, website which talked about um, the initiatives that were going on across the globe done by Jesuits and our mission partners um, around COVID. And I'd say the one word that's, that, that would come to mind is creativity. There was an initial kind of a sharp intake of breath, like, what, what will we do? And that was followed by, okay, we can't have mass uh, in our churches. Well, let's go online. We can't do retreats in our spiritual centers. Well, let's give something online. Uh, we can't offer theological input in our universities. Well, let's put them online. And there was a scramble, of course, to get the technology right. And not all of us are, are great at that. And microphones sometimes got turned off when they should have been turned on. And video links broke down because the bandwidth wasn't big enough. Um, but the word creativity springs to mind. Um, we, we just didn't realize the appetite there was for Ignatian spirituality, um, for words of consolation, for an analysis of what was going on in the sense of what's really going on here behind all this COVID thing, for words of support to people who were struggling. And once we got a flavor of that. And I think that flavor came in at local level. Uh, it took a while to trickle in here to the center, if you like, to, to Rome. But when we asked for feedback, I would say we were expecting, you know, oh, it's terribly difficult and we're struggling. And instead of that, we got, you know, it's amazing. We've, we've risen to the challenge and We've begun to reach out to people and they've begun to respond. Creativity is the word. Creativity and imagination are the words that come to mind. So as you're in touch with people around the world and they're sharing what they're doing, sharing their progress, uh, asking for certain things, for support, for messages of encouragement, then you're part of that team that would work with the, the current uh, Superior General, Father Arturo Sosa, to shape some responses from the center, as you uh, some worldwide responses from from him, from the, the Curia. As you've worked with him and talked with him about this, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about him and then some of the things he has really been emphasizing in this period, some of his major themes. His, in fact, I think we, we basically, he said, there's so much going on. Encourage people. Let them at it. Don't, don't, get our fingers in there where we could just get in the way, stay back and encourage, be grateful, watch the spirit of God at work, literally in front of our eyes, saving people, redeeming the world, intervening, consoling, liberating people. That's what God does. And let's get out of the way if we have to. So central government didn't do very much. Um, what, he, what Father Sosa did do is say, you know, this COVID situation, um, it's not just a disease. It's not just a virus. It's ex what it does, what it's doing is it's exposing all sorts of fault lines that exist around our world. And he said, that can be a grace. It can be a difficult grace, but we need to look at those fault lines. 
And yes, there's the short term, or well, in fact, it's not so short, but there's the this time of waiting for the vaccine. But let's not lose the chance to see the problems, such as the lack of solidarity in our world, rich and poor, north and south, the fundamentalist discourse in politics sometimes, the name-calling, the labeling, the polarities, the divisions, the pushing of all of that, the economic inequality, that for so many people in our world, the system, the economic system, just is not working. And they're, they're voting with their feet, if you like. That's what migration is, people traveling to find a better place, a better space, a better future for their children, for their families. So the, the migration and the refugee issue also is they're, they're symptoms of a world economic and political order that this is not working for so many people. And there's a call to do something about that. And I think that has come across very strongly. And even now, when you hear talk about, well, who gets the vaccine first? Um, and of course, Pope Francis has said, the vaccine, there, there needs to be an equitable distribution. Um, there's always a danger, the way our economies are run, that, well, the rich countries get the vaccines first and get more of the vaccines. And the poorer countries will have to wait, because that's how the world often works. So Father General, Father Sosa has stressed the call to solidarity, the way the vaccine has exposed deep divisions in our societies, polarities, rhetoric that is deeply divisive. And he says, there's a call here from the gospel. There's a call here to every Christian. There's a call to the society of Jesus to, to say no, to say no. This, this system, we must do something to change this. I think about, again, this yearning to go back to normal or however the way things were before this all started. But again, as you're mentioning there, well, the, the normal, the way things were, the status quo worked for some people, but for not for the vast majority of, of people on earth. And then so to identify that those fault lines that have existed that have really been exposed, uh, as Pope Francis has said in talking about some of this, this is a, a time for choosing for us to make some of those decisions. Are there any examples of that no to the way things were and yes toward a different future? Thing, examples from around this society that particularly inspire you? Things when, when Father General says like, no, are there any specific examples of things you think uh, or he thinks we could could be doing and committing ourselves to both as individual Christians and then as an Ignatian community? I think we haven't got that together yet. We've got we've 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 got the message clear that there's that there's a need for change. Now, how we organize that change, how we network together to impact. Um, Pope Francis is, is leading the way. There are the Jesuit social centers in different parts of the world. I think we have to do a lot of work to, to see how can we have impact on this system. This is not something that will change overnight. Um, but it's something that has to change. 
and short-term solutions or naming the problem in the wrong place, like saying migration is the problem. No, migration is a symptom of a deeper problem. Um, and that is that is a big step forward, naming the problem, naming the problems, naming the problems in the right way. Um, a, a thing that is coming across to me very clearly, however, is the longing that is in people for something deeper. People have been in lockdown, which has been equated to a kind of a retreat. A retreat is where you come in touch with your deeper questions, your sometimes your uncomfortable sense self, and also with God who's calling out to you somewhere deep down in yourself. And they've got in touch with this journey down into themselves, into the deepest part of themselves. They recognize the diversions that they sometimes take halfway down or three quarters way down or a quarter way down. And they've realized, well, those diversions, they distract me from being the person I'm meant to be, the person who can love others, who can reach out to others, who looks at what matters. And I think that has always been a key part of Ignatian spirituality, helping people make that journey. No one can make it for you, but I can accompany you. I can, I can take you by the hand. I can take you by the shoulder. Obviously in COVID, not in a literal way, unfortunately. But I can, I can reach out to you and say, don't be afraid. Yeah. I remember working um, when I worked years ago in 1995 in a refugee camp just inside Tanzania with, with refugees from Rwanda after the genocide. And one day, being in the camps, and some young men came up to me, and it was a very tense situation, and, and I got nervous. What did they want? But they said to me, are, are you a priest? And I said, yeah. They said, will you help us to read the Bible? Because we were seminarians in Rwanda, and now we're refugees, and we want to keep in touch with God and want to find God. And the lesson I learned was that in this probably in the most dreadful, horrible, difficult place on earth, there were some people who still wanted to find God, that they were aware of this longing. And so too today in this time of COVID, when there's a lot of fear and uncertainty, but underneath that, people are uncovering a longing for God. And they're, if you like, the easy answers of a secularism are being discarded. The answers that said, well, you're modern, you don't really need God anymore. This is old fashioned. Those kinds of attitudes, people are saying, well, actually I do need God. Not as a band-aid thing. I need God deep in my life. I need, because I'm on this journey down to myself. And COVID has helped me make that journey, even though it's been a lonely one, so that's, I think that's been something we're discovering around Ignatian spirituality, um, the human journey. And that's been a big Jesuit contribution since Ignatius, since Ignatius first had his conversion um, in the 1500s. It's been the way, the way of the Society of Jesus to help people find God in this very personal way 
in a very passionate way to find God in a way that they can live out of that in a, in a new way. So for me, that's so exciting. And I see companions around the world, Jesuits, other religious, our mission partners, lay people working with us. And when I say these things, they say, yes, yes, it's exactly, you're touching something. So, and I think from that rediscovery of God or deeper discovery of God will flow a passion for solidarity and being, being one human family. I think That's about for me. I think just how, again, in this time, as you mentioned, maybe invited some of us to begin that that journey or to recommit to that. I myself have, in this period, have started uh, the 19th annotation of the the spiritual exercises. So, of Ignatius's exercises to be kind of you know prayed through during the midst of daily life, and I've uh, found that really. Uh, really helpful in my own spiritual journey. But we're also talking kind of, again, in this liminal space as we have a vaccine and maybe we see the end of the pandemic in sight, but also at the first week of a brand new year, kind of leaving behind this year and maybe wanting to commit ourselves uh, more deeply to something in the spiritual life. I'm just wondering if we were to, you know, think about like a, a spiritual New Year's resolution maybe things to like to find things maybe from the tradition ignatian tradition that you might want to share with any of our listeners things that you have found valuable maybe in your your own prayer life what are some of those resources that uh, ignatius ignatian spirituality those who have you know followed in his footsteps what do they have to offer us i would say you know most of us make new year resolutions and by by february they're kind of in the dustbin often. <laughs> or January 15th, I guess. Or even on. January the 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say start with two questions. Um, the first question is the question God asked Adam and Eve in the garden. Where are you? Where are you in your life? Take a little check into where you are. How's your heart? Where are you? How's your heart? Before making any resolution. Because then if you check into those questions and really ask them, well, where am I? Where am I in my life? And how's my heart? Check into those questions and then the resolutions flow from that space. That's, they'll be resolutions that they'll be rooted in something that you really do want to move towards, rooted in some kind of call to use that language. Um, so that's the first point I'd make and it's, it's, it's very Ignatian. Um, to start, start from where you are, start from really where you are, not from where you'd like to be. The next step is to move to where you'd like to be, and, but not to push yourself. Um, should is a dangerous word. I should be a better father, mother, priest in 2021. I should be many things. Of course I should. But let me start with how, where am I at the moment? And how's my heart? And then you're in touch with something that'll give you something to move on with. And then secondly, um, I'm just noticing my own prayer in the last pandemic time. It's been quite restless, I have to say. Um, and I think ideally I'd have more time for prayer. But to be honest, sometimes I struggled. Um, and I think I was trying to pray in the wrong way. And yesterday evening, I was going over to Mass, and I said, okay, 
the grace I want from this Mass is I just want to have a better love for Jesus Christ in my life. And I said, I can't manufacture that. I have to wait for that grace. And that was a kind of relief to stop trying so hard. So that would be a good thing to ask for in 2021. Just a simple thing. I want to be, I want to know Jesus more and try and follow him better. And then a little thing I do, this sounds very traditional, is I love lighting little candles. Um, so the, the, the Church of the Jesu and some churches in Rome have these little candles. You can put some money in the slot and you light your candle. I don't like the electric ones. I like lighting the physical candle and just praying in, with that candle as I, as I pray for the grace to love Jesus more. Um, so another resolution, imagine once every so often dropping into your local church and lighting a candle for the people you love and care about and miss. Maybe they've passed on, maybe they're still alive. But that's a great New Year resolution to suggest. I'm throwing out a few ideas here. If they resonate with, with anybody listening, so much the better. Um, and they're simple ones. Sometimes in my room in the morning, I light a little, little tea light, a little night light. Um, and uh, obviously watch out for fires. And I feel I have to make all these disclaimers now about fire hazards and don't forget to blow it out. But um, I just sit in front of that candle and and think of nothing. Just um, So that's a resolution. Another good resolution, it's a bit less practical, but it's to be gentle with ourselves. I think in this time of COVID, for the first while I was pushing myself, you know, I wish this was over. I was impatient. I was, I hope this gets, I hope I get the vaccine soon. What a pain it is wearing this mask. And um, just, I think the grace to be gentle with yourself and with others is a good grace to ask for as we, as we wait for the vaccine. And it's a good grace to have anybody. We, we push ourselves around a lot. I mentioned all these shoulds. Um, we, we push ourselves a lot and we're, we're harsh with ourselves and harsh with others at times. And I think all the zooming around the place that I've had to do in the last six months um, has taken its toll. Um, so in the new year, maybe say, say to yourself, I'm gonna take a, a day without Zoom, even a day, even if it's Zooming family or friends, just okay, I'll, I'll just take a day where I might read a book or listen to music or light a candle in a church if I can get into a church, um, take a walk. And if you can't manage a day, we'll try a half a day. If you can't manage half a day, try two hours. <laughs> so they'd be the, the suggestions I'd make. Um, start with, where am I? Move on to lighting a candle for those you love every so often, once a week, once a month. Ask for a greater love of Jesus Christ in your life during 2021 and realize that that's going to be a gift and that you have to wait for that gift and ask for that gift and beg for that gift. And lastly, don't, don't push yourself around too much. All the shoulds, the shouldisms, um, the oughts. Um, God is there. In fact, St. Ignatius had a lovely thing about Jesuit 
Jesuits in training, he didn't use the word formation as much because that implies that, you know, you should be somewhere where you're not, you're being formed into something. He used the word making progress, that Jesuits should help each other make progress. So I'm, I'm at kilometer one of the road. Okay, I need to go to kilometer two. You're at kilometer two. Okay, can I help you move to kilometer three? Um, and I suppose I'd bit Brexit, I should say miles. But <laughs> We do have a largely American audience, so miles is appreciated. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I think um, about... Sorry to, to jump in, but there's a few thoughts. I learning more about Ignatius and Ignatian spirituality, that idea of asking for the the grace you want, kind of part of the the prayer periods and the exercises invited to ask for those things. And I find sometimes in my own prayer, it's easier for me to say, Oh, thank you, God, for this, or to pray for other people. But to ask for something, especially for myself, I just I guess for me, that sometimes reminds me of, you know, when I was a kid and would ask for help, you know. Would not study for a test and then ask God to help me get an A on the test. Like that probably wasn't exactly how prayer works. Um, but so I think because of that, maybe I like kind of stick stay away from just plainly asking, plainly just saying help. Um, but there, you know, we're called to do that. Like we're invited to do that. And, and that yes, and I think during COVID, a way that has helped me pray is actually praying for people, praying for my sisters, my nephews, my nieces, my brothers-in-law, cousins. The list is endless. And in fact, in front of my mirror when I'm shaving in the morning, I have a little list and uh, of people to pray for that day. And it's it's really simple, um, really practical. And I mean, a lot of our Catholic tradition is so like sacraments. It's so much, you know, it's the pouring of the water. It's the it's receiving the host. It's um, the anointing on the forehead. It's very, very um, earthy. Um, so lighting, lighting a candle, putting a little sticker on your fridge, pray for Auntie Rosemary today or tomorrow, and um, praying for people. And Ignatius has that method of prayer too. He has the more complicated meditations and contemplations, um, but he also has, you know, pray for people. And then he has the contemplations where you're, he says, put yourself in the scene. Um, so... Imagine the nativity scene, Joseph and Mary and the ox and the ass and the manger and the straw. Um, imagine that and let your imagination run free. And then he says, he's very, he's very practical. He says, and put yourself on the scene and make yourself useful. <laughs> he says, imagine yourself as a servant there. Typical Ignatian, make yourself useful. Don't just stand there, you know, get that water heated or carry in some wood. And... Um, here in Italy, there's a lovely tradition of the Christmas crib. Um, now, this year, it's a bit more limited. But they have these cribs all around Italy in churches, which are very elaborate. They've got huge side chapels of churches with the crib. And it's got Mary and Joseph, and it's got carpenters and fishmongers and um, little houses and little streams running down the hill and sheep that actually are really making sheep noises buying. And um, it is just delightful. And you see kids in front of these cribs just in awe, in wonder. And this is so Catholic and it's so Jesuit. And it, we just imagine ourselves there. And I, I love that. I love going to these places. And um, last year there was a special exhibition of cribs. And this year there was also one. 
uh, a bit more limited. Uh, in fact, I didn't go this year. But yeah, use your imagination to put yourself in the gospel scene on the flight to Egypt with the Magi. Make yourself a fourth wise man or a fourth wise woman. And, <laughs> and what gift are you bringing? Um, what are you offering? What, are you, what do you want to say to Jesus? What do you want to say to Mary or Joseph? I think the shepherds are fantastic. I love the shepherds because they're so, um, you know, there they are, tough guys out in the middle of the night running after sheep. And then, but they're somehow, they, they get the message and they, they head off down and, they, and they're, they're smelly probably from the sheep, as Pope Francis would say, but they're, they drop to their knees and they, they're humbled. Um, there's so much in these Christmas readings and in the New Year readings also that you can just explore. And there's lots of stuff online about Ignatian spirituality and Ignatian contemplation that anybody listening wants to Google can find all sorts of wonderful things that, that liberate your imagination and your creativity. And, and you, you, you let God find you. It's not about us finding God. You let God find you. That connects to the, the second point you talked about, just kind of asking for that grace to grow in relationship with Jesus. And there is a lot of that, as you said, a big element of that. That is us just putting ourselves in that posture of asking for that and then and waiting for God to work in our lives in a way we don't know. But then there are also some of these other practices you describe, maybe through these contemplations or other forms, praying for people, uh, engaging with big S sacraments or small S sacraments, ways of seeing like God embodied in the world. Uh, there are some of those ways that we have in our tradition that we, we know like, well, if we practice these, we should grow in our relationship with Jesus. We might not know exactly how, maybe not on our own timing, but there are some good things too. Again, the Jesuit thing, always be being active, being doing different things. What are some of the, are there any of those other things um, for you that have helped you develop that posture, things when your faith or relationship with Jesus has been strong in your life where you thought, oh, well, I'm also really well connected to nature these days. And maybe that is sort of connected or really I'm in good touch with some close friends or spending more time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Just curious about any of those practices that for you in your life have kind of helped you in that growth toward a deeper relationship with God. Yes, one of them is walking at night on the terrace, looking at the stars when it was warm. I could go outside and just calming down after the day and letting the day process itself through me uh, rather than me thinking about the day, what went right, what did I do well, what did I do badly. No, no, just letting, letting the day process itself through me is what I've begun to do in the last year or two. Another thing is... Um, I read the daily gospel. Um, um, obviously, I go to mass, but then also in my prayer, usually in the morning, I'll take the gospel and just sit with it. And is there a word in the gospel that strikes me, or in the psalm of the day? Or um, and sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's blank. Um, I'm looking at the gospel now from uh, it's. Uh, as we record this, it's it's uh, from the first chapter of John's Gospel, and it's um, the two disciples coming along and saying to Jesus, where do you live? We want to know more. And he says, come and see. 
So anybody listening, you can say the same question to Jesus. Where do, where, where do you live? Where do I find you? And he invites you on a journey to come and see, and you go with him, and you can imagine, well, what, what are we going to talk about? Um, so the gospel text, a word, you can even just take a word with you. Sometimes if I'm in a, in a church and uh, I'm not very inspired at a mass or I'm listening to a homily, I'll just say, well, is there one word now that I can take from this? It's so easy to, 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 to find, you know, it's, it's an hour of a service and I, my mind can wander. But is there one word that I can take away from this service that, yeah, that, that nourishes me? Um, and that's, that's a good practice also. Um, is there one word from this reading that I can that I can run with for today that can maybe give me just a little bit more faith or hope or love, just a little bit more? Um, that's another practice I use. Um, and I love big churches. I love going to the big church and sitting right at the back and just being in awe. And there's something about that that, moves me it's not everybody's taste um there are lots of churches in rome as you all know and they're, they're not always open and <laughs> it's you've got to pick your time but luckily enough even in COVID, they have mostly been open as far as i remember and um you can go in and sit down and just kind of be for a minute two minutes half an hour um and it just gets me in sense with something bigger than myself i can get so preoccupied with I've got to answer these emails. I've got to do that presentation. Me, me, me. I've got to do that, this and that. And I go to a church. And that helps me get in touch with something bigger. So that's a, another thing I've discovered over the years. It's, it's always been there, in fact, for me. Um, so the, go, to a, go, to a, go to a place where you can lose yourself in, in wonder. Um, light a candle. Um, and then the Eucharist for me has always been extremely important. When I became a Jesuit, I decided to join the society in actually during a mass. I was 17 years old and I was in this mass and I, it was a vocation weekend and totally unexpectedly, um, I was so moved by God that I knew I wanted to be a Jesuit. I wanted to help other people find God and I wanted to find God. I wanted to make this journey down into the depths of myself and discover God there. And so ever since then, mass, the Eucharist has been so, so important. Um, so I think God has ways of finding each one of us. Through our, it, it depends a bit on our personal history sometimes. Um, but each of us, I guess the invitation is uh, leave space, allow God find you. Um, we're a bit afraid, we clutter our lives. And some of the grace of the COVID time has been for me to, to say, hey, I'm cluttering, I'm, 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 I'm cluttering my life. I have time to pray, but I'm not praying much. And that helped to slow me down and say, okay, light a few more candles and let God let God have space. 
I'm grateful for your vocation uh, in helping others find God is a big part of that. And I felt like you've helped me even in this this conversation. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that uh, others will also find uh, just a moment through listening to figure out how they might uh, create some of that space uh, to let God find them. Uh, part of the Ignatian spirituality practice I love is the the daily examine, which includes in it, as you look back at your day, a chance to also look ahead. And so since we're in this new year, just interested if you could maybe um, bring us to a close today, sharing anything you're looking forward to either in a personal or professional or any, any sort of thing in 2021, things that you're hoping for uh, in this year. Well, it's good you ask because one thing at work level that we're we're doing is it's it's in May we're launching what's called the Ignatian Year. It's the anniversary of the conversion of Saint Ignatius Loyola. He was struck by a cannonball at Pamplona, and his life, his his leg was shattered, but also his dreams for his life. He had this dream to become a, a famous, uh, uh, a famous person. Um, um, dating women <laughs> and 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 continuing the life that he'd been brought up in and that was all shattered he went back to the castle in Loyola uh, the library seemed to have been pretty poor because there were just a couple of books there one was lives of the saints and I forget the name of the other one and he went on this journey of of basically allowing another dream enter his life it was it was god's dream for him so rather than his own narrow dream for himself his whole heart opened up his whole life opened up after a lot of struggle and he got a new dream for himself which which transformed him and which in many ways transformed the church because he, he then founded the society of jesus which has had a um, a big uh, impact on the church and made a big contribution to the church and and to the world i think um so that's that's a, a big and, and we are for that ignatian year we're we're going to record some special video stories of how also today people have a similar experience it might be through covid that your life has been a bit shattered and you need to think again or through the loss of a loved one or through something successful like getting a new job or, or retirement. Um, so this, this experience of finding a deeper dream is going to be a big part of my life in 2021 and on into 2022. And I think that's good because we can settle into patterns of, you know, this is me, I'm here in Rome, or this is you, you're there in the US and our lives are mapped out. Um, but God is God is so big, and God is always leading us forward, and God is surprising us. And sometimes we don't really like surprises, <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to unpacking this this dream, this new dream of God, letting God dream a new dream for the Society of Jesus, for myself personally. For our world, as I said at the beginning, this world that so needs to change. That's a big part of my year as I'm, I'm part of the, I'm part of, um, in my communications office, we're organizing some, some special initiatives. And then personally, um, I'm looking forward to rethinking my travel. I used to travel a lot around the world, visiting different places. 
And I think I need to watch that more and do less traveling and take more time to be with my Jesuit brothers here in Rome and also take time to pray and, and um, nourish this inner part of myself. So they're my hopes for 2021. And also take more time off. I tend to overwork. So more time off sounds like a great resolution. <laughs> well, I, I love the idea, again, of the resolutions and the Ignatian year kind of coming together in our conversation in the sense that for Ignatius, he had that big day, you know, when his leg was shattered. But of course, we know that that's not the end of the story. And there were other think, times in his life after that, that he had maybe smaller, but other important moments of conversion, renewing, turning back to the Lord. Uh, and that chance for us to, maybe we're not going to have such a big dramatic thing happen to us this year, but the chance to uh, to recommit to loving God and neighbor, to growing in faith, hope, and love. There's a great opportunity for that, both in this pandemic time and then as this, this special anniversary. So thank you for bringing those things together for us. And thank you for your your, your ministry and for sharing really what felt kind of like a retreat talk today. I really appreciate that, uh, Father John. And uh, yeah, all the best uh, in your in your new year. Thank you very much and all the best to everybody listening. And I'll be praying for you and please pray for me as well. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. And when we're not working from home, the show is recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. AMDG is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Eric Clayton, Megan Leapsch, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at jesuits.org on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at We Are the Jesuits, and Facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting Jesuits.org slash weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with the Jesuit vocation promoter at BeAJesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at Jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.